Llegaron los Propane Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specride para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios. Week two of Steelers OTAs is in the books. We'll talk about how some of the top rookies are faring and the praise they're getting from other veterans on the Steelers roster. Here in the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, I'm your host, Chris Carter, joined today by Brian Batko. It's going to be a fun episode. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello and welcome to the North Shore Drive podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Brian Batko, one of our esteemed Steelers beat writers here from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. You can get all of our content at post-gazette.com, covering all things here in Pittsburgh, but also you can find all our sports content on our podcast page or our YouTube page. Either way, you can find this North Shore Drive podcast there Monday, Wednesday, and Friday each and every week. We also have daily content that comes out, and if you're missing out on the Penguins' new president hire, we we actually had our, our guys, Matt Vincilla and Adam Bittner chop that up on that on our podcast pages and our YouTube pages. So go check that out. That was actually uploaded early Friday morning uh, before before everything else. So uh, definitely go check on that as, as they had some great talk about how the direction of the new pens as they reshaped their front office. But let's talk some Steelers here, Brian. And one of the things that I thought was interesting was a combination at the at the top of the offensive line. And one of the biggest talking points is how quickly will Broderick Jones take the left tackle position? And there was an acknowledgement from two different players, Dan Moore Jr. Acknowledging he's playing a bit of right tackle now and he's doing a little bit more of the swing tackle work and Broderick Jones acknowledging that when that happens, he's the number one left tackle. And of course that brings up the question, is he pushing his way in? Is he pushing his way into there? Now, Brian, I want to say, we ain't seen nothing because they, there ain't no pads on. You know, we, we, this this is not definitely that. The Steelers are going through walkthroughs at this point, and I think that Dan Moore Jr., they know that at some point they're going to want him to be a swing tackle, so they're, they're getting him ready for that. But is there any sense of hope or semblance that you see that maybe that the Steelers, they they legitimately have belief that Broderick Jones will be the starting left tackle, even, even maybe say, if not week one, week two or three for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Yeah, I think so. And I've I've been in that boat all along, really, since they drafted him. Actually, you know, I think even even before the draft, uh, in, in one of my chats on the post gazette website, somebody asked, Hey, what's your best guess for the starting O line next year? And this was probably in between like in the middle of free agency, maybe a week or two before the draft. And I said, Chuk Sakura for James Daniels, Mason Cole, Isaac Sayamalo, and somebody who's not here yet. I never really thought that they were going to go into this season with Dan Moore running it back at that spot. I don't think it'd be the worst thing in the world, but I just had the the feeling that they wanted to upgrade, and that proved to be true, drafting Broderick Jones. And certainly since that pick, uh, you know, not just taking him, but moving up to get him, I've been thinking that the Steelers are going to 
you know, really be tempted to roll him out there week one against the 49ers. And there, there are a lot of factors here, Chris, when you talk about just what this means from an OTA's perspective. Like you said, there's a long way to go between between now and the start of training camp, let alone between now and, and the season opener. But, um, you know, they are installing stuff right now. That is part of what's getting done this time of year. You're taking your, um, you know, plays that you're working on in the walkthroughs and you're trying to do them when you do get to the 11 on 11 stuff. And it's, it's so it's not irrelevant, um, but at the same time, you know, Dan Moore's done so much at left tackle over the last two years. He yeah. doesn't need those reps. I think for Broderick Jones, you know, any action's good action, whether it's second team or first team. Uh, it's just, it's baby steps right now, but I do think it's, it's notable because as you put it, I think this is eventually where they're going to end up in 2023 with Jones starting and more being the swing guy. And at this point in his career, Moore has to put in the work to become a swing tackle who plays both sides when needed. Right. And th- th- that's going to be something that's not easy. Kevin, Kevin Dotz even talked about the difficulties he had transitioning from right guard to left guard last year. Dan Moore Jr. is going to need some of those walkthroughs to get ready to do that when they ask him to do that in training camp. And you know, that, that's, that's always funny with O-linemen. It's like, depending on the guy, when, when uh, us in the media, when we in the media go ask them like, Oh, is it tricky going from you know left guard to right guard? Some guys are going to be like, ah, it's, it's it's really not as crazy as you guys are making it out to be. You just you know you you do this this side and you just do this hand and this leg. But then others like Dan Moore on Thursday were like, yeah, it actually is not as easy as you would think from the outside. You you pretty much have to reverse course with your entire body and and all your muscle memory. So um, the, the truth's probably somewhere in the middle. Uh, I think you know. It's uh, it's not exactly like switching from uh, offensive line to wide receiver. Uh, you're still going to be in tight pushing dudes around, but uh, obviously there are technique things that you need to work on. And you know we've seen the the Steelers' offensive linemen struggle. Um, you know wh- whether whether at their natural position, quote unquote, or one that they've been moved to. So uh, it's not like there haven't been growing pains for these guys over the years. It, Hopefully, for Moore's sake, it'll be a lot more smooth. I feel you on that, and um, I, I, I just, I think one of the big questions I think that's going to be really, really important moving forward, if the Steelers do go through with this plan and Broderick Jones does become that guy, I, I think that part of it has to be that he has to be able to sell that he can, he cannot get Kenny Pickett killed from his blind side because. Dan Moore Jr., I think at least, can hold up his position. He's going to eventually get beat. He's going to lose some battles. There's going to be things that happen there. But he's at least, on on average, on, on, on your regular possession, he's at least going to be in position to be able to at least buy Kenny Pickett time and not just give up a free pass rusher. And Broderick Jones, not saying that he will do that, but you never know with rookies. And even with the highly drafted rookies, even with, you know, top five picks even sometimes, you just never know what guys are be, are going to be. And, you know, we talked about, you know, when the schedule was released, the rush of pass rushers he's going to have to face um, in the in the opening parts of the season. He's got, you know, Joey Bosa week one, Miles Garrett week two, Max Crosby week three, Will Anderson week four. You know, he's got he's got he's got a, a rush of those guys coming up that he's going to have to protect, you know, Kenny Pickett's uh, blind side there. And I think that that could be some of the holdup the Steelers might have with just throwing him out there unless, again, he proves himself 
in training camp and the Steelers are like, well, that's just something they're going to have to plan for. Maybe they throw an extra tight end that side. Maybe they keep Najee Harris or a running back on the sidecar of Kenny Pickett and shotgun formations on that side. But I think it's something that they're definitely at least going to consider. Yeah, the devil's advocate to that is, I mean, you've got to learn on the job eventually. Your, you know, your True. first start's always going to be your first start. Your first snap's always going to be your first snap. Um, you know, so I think I, I get what you're saying, but there's also something to be said for continuity with an offensive line. And, you know, the earlier you get those reps together, um, you know, maybe the sooner you gel and coalesce into a unit uh, that by the, you know, the, the early part of the season is, is actually hitting on all cylinders and not warming up to it the way that group did uh, a year ago. But, um, you know, that that's, you know, I think you, you kind of hit on something there, Chris, like, it, yeah, it's important to remember as, as bullish as everybody was on the Jones pick, at least you and I, uh, to name two people who talk and write about the Steelers for a living. Um, and as good as it looks on paper, you never know. Players bust out every year in the NFL, even first rounders, even linemen, even top 15 picks. It can happen. Um, you know, I'm not predicting that that's what will happen to him, but we don't know. It's June 2nd. We don't know what he's going to be in the NFL. I think in the Steelers' eyes, uh, ideally, and the reason they picked him where they did was he can be that left tackle who holds up on an island, who uh, you know doesn't get beat as often as a Dan Moore, who doesn't need as much schematic help against top pass rushers as Dan Moore. Um, so, you know, we'll see. Uh, we don't really know where his floor is at this point in the NFL. I think we do uh, for the most part with Moore. It's just a matter of where is Jones' ceiling. And I just think ultimately the, the pros and cons that they'll weigh uh, will, will end up wanting to, to try to push him toward that ceiling earlier in his rookie year rather than uh, keeping the reins on him and, uh, you know, trying to kind of you know, hold him out of the lineup before he's ready. I I think they'll want to give him a chance to to get that baptism by fire. Well, the other guy that's going to need baptism by fire potentially if he were to start is Joey Porter Jr. And, and there's a lot of talk there. Patrick Peterson addressed some of that and gave his perspective on some things as far as the progression of Joey Porter Jr. We'll talk about that in a minute here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Chris Carter and Brian Backo will be right back. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast, Chris Carter, Brian Batko, breaking things down from Steelers OTAs. We've been there for the first two weeks, and we've got to see Joey Porter Jr. running around. We got to see him, you know, you know, showing showing off his athleticism. And Patrick Peterson's been in there, and Patrick Peterson acknowledged he's been playing a few different spots there. You know, the Steelers have talked to him about being flexible and maybe playing some slide, maybe playing different positions in the second secondary. And you got to think, Brian, if Patrick Peterson is not lining up at outside cornerback. Joey Porter Jr. is. Akella Witherspoon's been let go. Levi Wallace is your other guy that should probably line up outside. Joey Porter Jr. is right next on that on that on that on that depth chart that would be filling filling in at that position. And that would be another rookie who would be learning in trial by fire and working up against, you know, some some really impressive receivers that they could line up against th- this year. 
but Patrick Peterson said, hey, he's run with the first, you know, uh, Joey Porter Jr. has run with the first, second, and third teams. He thinks that he's on track to contribute a lot sooner rather than later in his rookie season. How do you see this playing out? You know, we talked about the offensive line and learning that way, but you got two veterans in Peterson and Wallace, both who had four or more interceptions last year. Granted, Peterson with a different team, but still, is that is the, is that maybe the Peterson hyping up the rookie a little bit too much, or do you think that there's smoke to that fire? Llegaron los Propane Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specright para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios. I think there's smoke to that fire. I think it's too early to say how it's really going to shake out. And I mean, even once we get into the regular season, it's it's similar but also different than the Broderick Jones, Dan Moore discussion because, you know, defensively, you've got different packages. You know, you, you don't necessarily have to play everybody 100% of the snaps. I mean, corners, at least with the Steelers, generally do. Um, but you know, certainly the offensive linemen, they're not coming out, uh, for the most part, unless somebody gets hurt or gets benched. Uh, whereas defensively, maybe you want two bigger guys on the outside, uh, for this series. Maybe you want Patrick Peterson to shadow a receiver for a series. Maybe you want to just stick him at left corner for a game, uh, because that's, what's in that game plan. So I think those things can change a lot and I'm just in wait and see mode on, that trio of Peterson, Porter, Wallace, and, you know, the fourth guy that could potentially be in the mix that uh, changes the equation a bit would be Chandon Sullivan as a kind of traditional slot corner. But I like the idea of, of putting Peterson in there, even though that's not really what he's been to this point in his career. I mean, just from talking to him, from his body type and his skill set, it seems like he has what it takes to at least be that – "Quote unquote cover nickel corner, which Cam Sutton was uh, before he went to Detroit. You know, Arthur Millette was more of the uh, you know physical slot corner on on early downs. Mike Hilton, the beauty of him was he could do both by the end of his Steelers tenure. So uh, they're going to do it by committee, I think. I, I don't anticipate, at least not early in the season, that it'll be a hundred percent snap share for Porter Jr. Wallace and." And Peterson, but maybe by the end of the year, they figure out, hey, we have to get our best 11 guys out there. We probably need to get our best five defensive backs out there. We probably need to get our best three corners out there. And these seem to be the three uh, who have the most talent, the most experience, the, the best combination to help you be a winning secondary. We talked a lot about Chandon Sullivan and maybe the slot cornerback <clears throat> being a weakness that the Steelers could still work to address. Could it not be because they're going to rotate these guys in there in there a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, that that could be the plan. Uh, and it's important to remember just the uh, the order of things this offseason, right? I mean, they, they lose Cam Sutton in free agency early in free agency. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't know if they necessarily expected that. I, Cam Sutton's on the record as saying he didn't expect to get paid the way the Lions paid him. So maybe the Steelers... Uh, really didn't see that coming either and thought they'd be able to retain him. But either way, uh, that goes down the way that it does. 
They quickly sort of reset and signed Patrick Peterson. So we're all kind of initially thinking, okay, you know, he's going to be the outside guy. What will they do on the inside? But then they, they they can't turn their back on Joey Porter Jr. with the first pick of the second round. So now you, you have three, um, you know, at least default outside corners that are going to be hard to keep off the field. Um, but obviously that – uh, that calculus changes if if any of those three are able to mix it up in the slot. And it sure seems like uh, early on, Peterson is the one getting the longest look at doing that. And and to me, that makes a lot of sense. You know, I think Wallace would certainly be willing to do it. I don't I think you're you're kind of uh, limiting Porter Jr.'s best assets if you do that with him. So that to me is a non-starter. And he's got to learn, you know, one position right now as a rookie. Um, so it just it makes the most sense for Peterson to get that opportunity. And he explained to us on Thursday that at this point in his career, um, he's he's been in a lot of positions where you're on that island on the outside. You know, if, if you can't keep up athletically or physically, it's just you, the receiver, the numbers and the sideline. And it's going to be a long day for you if you're mm-hmm. not winning that matchup. If you're in the slot, it's more about, you know, knowing your leverage funneling yeah. guys to the inside of the defense and kind of playing a more cerebral game. I mean, don't get me wrong. You still need the short area quickness. You need the burst. You need the ball skills. Uh, but I think at, at age 33, he's going to have those things a little bit more reliably than he might the foot speed to keep up with, um, you know, one of these outside receivers that he's going to see in the AFC North or Devonte Adams when you face the Raiders, those types of guys who, who could challenge him and, maybe put a little bit more pressure on him, albeit, you know, Levi Wallace isn't the fastest guy either, um, but he and Joey Porter Jr. at least maybe a little bit more length and, and can disrupt guys that way. Yeah. I, I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of meat to the bone that, of that conversation. And I think that, that when it comes to the cornerbacks, the cornerback spot, especially, especially slot cornerback, like you said, there's a lot of complications. There's communication, there's – you know, there's 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 reading your opponents, understanding not just what their tendencies are, but what the formation's tendencies are, knowing, you know, which leverage to maintain inside, outside when you're passing off, because, you know, you got to interact more with linebackers and safeties at that part of the field. I agree that could be that that could be the move there is that they're having some experienced guys flow into that position a bit more and letting Joey Porter Jr. just, hey, you got the sideline, you got the deep third, deep half, whatever it is. Yeah, that that is your job. Stick to that. Don't get beat and, and play your style style of ball. I think that that could be certainly a, a question there. And I, I think there's the potential that it, it. Let's say he does come in and, and play well at the cornerback position at the outside, and it doesn't mean he doesn't have to be a Pro Bowl guy. He doesn't have to have four or five interceptions. But if he's just keeping his side clean, you know, he gives up maybe one or two touchdowns on the year, and he's not, you know, get, he's not a, t- a guy that t- that teams can target every game and. I think and as long as the pass rush is getting there, this could be a puzzle piece to the Steelers equation that they're trying to create this year as far as a secondary that doesn't get give guys open right away so that they they allow time for their pass rush to get home. And when their pass rush forces early passes, have guys that can make plays on the football. Um, they ha- certainly have that with Minka Fitzpatrick, Patrick Peterson, and Levi Wallace. All of them had four or more interceptions last year. Joey Porter Jr., not known for making interceptions at Penn State, but I think there's a lot of people out there that, are, that, that have talked about it. he has the ball skills. He just didn't have the opportunities at Penn State. Maybe they'd come his way if he gets to start on this Steelers defense this year. Yeah, and just you know, getting a little bit further into it from a depth chart perspective, you know, one guy who 
I'd say he's he's on the rise, you know, six practices in to this thing is Corey Trice, uh, seventh round pick out of Purdue. Yeah. Another guy who, I mean, yeah, you know, it, it doesn't sound like he's getting the kind of, uh, you know, bump up the varsity uh, this early in his career as Joey Porter Jr. is, but at, at whatever, uh, you know, people are talking about unit, it in a positive way. Yeah, I was going to say whatever string unit level they are using him on at this point, uh, defensively, um, you know, he's making plays. Uh, he was kind of the talk of of practice on Thursday. And, you know, I never put too much uh, weight or emphasis into what's going on in, in the spring. Um, but, yeah, I mean, tr- it's it's better than the opposite. It's it's better than not hearing from a guy. So it's it's good that Trice is showing some early signs of potential here because, look, if, if he turns out to be, uh, you know, a steal in the seventh round, He's somebody else who at 6'3", and with his length, I mean, he he's going to be a pure outside guy in the NFL as well. So uh, you're building up that that kind of pipeline with Porter Jr., with Trice, in addition to the holdovers, Levi Wallace and, and James Pierre. Um, you know, I'm not going to say that Patrick Peterson's, uh, you know, expendable among that group or anything along those lines. For all we know, he might still be the best outside corner if you had to pick one to start your defense around in 2023. But in terms of just figuring out where everybody fits the best, you know, that's what Mike Tomlin and Terrell Austin and, and Grady Brown get paid to do. And it's, it's really good for Peterson in his, the early days of his tenure here, not just that he's here for OTAs, which I, I didn't really know what to expect from him in that regard as a guy who's 13 years in and has nothing to prove to anybody and is already headed to Canton, but he's here for these voluntary sessions and it makes sense if they told him, hey, we're going to probably uh, tweak some things, move you around, see where you can help us the most. Uh, and it it doesn't sound at all like he's a, a guy coming in here saying, I'm an outside corner, figure out the other stuff. I'll be right here. This is my spot. I feel you. But there could be uh, interesting equations that get locked into here. If we're talking about if we're if this if well, not this time next year, but if in a few months time. We're talking about Broderick Jones and Joey Porter Jr. being legit contributors to the Steelers, to the Steelers as rookies, and what that might do for the for this roster as it stands now. I want to talk to Brian. I mean, a bit I think more they will that. be. They're the 14th and 32nd pick. You know, they probably should be. They, they 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 probably should be. But if but not just if they're starters, but if they're very strong contributors, I think it could set up some interesting things for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll talk about that here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Chris Carter, Brian Batko, stick with us. We'll be right back. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast, Chris Carter, Brian Batko, finishing up week two of Steelers OTAs. Brian, I want to talk to you about what I was just saying here with the potential of, you know, not just starting, because I agree with you, Broderick Jones, Joey Porter Jr. were not picked two picks in the top 32 in the NFL draft just to sit on the bench all year and just warm it up. They were picked to be guys that were contributors this year. But here's, here's my posit. If Broderick Jones isn't just a starter, but a very good starter, if he holds it down and he's not giving up pressures and he's contributing in, in the run blocking as a rookie left tackle, and Joey Porter Jr. is an answer at the cornerback position in his rookie year. Not a liability, not 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 a meh player, but an answer who's out there and bringing bringing you energy as rookie. And maybe even like Keanu Benton helping on on the second group of the other defensive line because he's the one guy out of the top three picks who 
he doesn't need to start because they have Cam Hayward, Ogunjobi, and a slew of veteran defensive linemen who could probably play nose tackle to start. But if those three guys are able to contribute solidly where they where they are, I think it puts the Steelers in a very interesting position with the way that their roster is constructed because these weren't just now picks. These were long-term picks. You need a young corner for the future. You needed a young offensive tackle to build this the future of this offensive line off of. You needed a new face in the defensive line room for all the old heads that you got on the roster. These were all strategic picks. But if these guys are contributors now, I truly think, Brian, there's a chance for the Steelers to have some really special components to their team because you still got T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith and Cam Hayward and Ogan Joby's back. And if you're adding in some some faces to that defense and a secondary that has guys that know how to take the ball away and Joey Porter Jr. just adds to that. And then you're talking about the offense with with, a, with the offensive line, with the improvements of Isaac Siomalu added to the left side, the improvements they made last year. And if Broderick Jones is the truth, we're talking about the Steelers having not nearly as many holes on this on their roster. We we know on paper that's the case. But if these guys are that good and they're and they they are living up to the hype, I think that puts them in much much closer to real contender status than I think many people had them slated to potentially get to before the season uh, began. Yeah, it would certainly help. You know, I still think the the biggest X factor of course is uh is Kenny Pickett and what he's able to do in year two, is he able to elevate those guys around him, whether it's, you know, making, making Broderick Jones look good at left tackle, uh, whether it's, you know, helping George Pickens reach new heights or, or getting Deontay Johnson back on track to the success that he knew uh, when Ben Roethlisberger was his quarterback. I mean, all these things are, um, you know, they they don't all fall on, on Kenny Pickett, but they're, they're pretty tangentially related to uh, the, the quarterback performance here for the Steelers. So, I mean, those are uh, issues that, that will be, uh, you know, we really can only tell once uh, the bullets start flying. I mean, we'll, we'll be able to get a feel for Pickett and camp to some degree, but we also know the guy's a gamer and you know, that that's, that's, what's going to be fun about training camp this year is, you know, you do have Broderick Jones getting in there. You know, he's, I would expect this defense is going to challenge him in a major way. Um, Alex Highsmith is, is somebody who goes hard all the time practice or game his motor will be running hot cam hayward always wants to test the young bucks and and maybe even uh go th- play through the whistle with them uh and, and joey porter as he jr. often does in camp yes he yes he loves that and joey porter jr i mean he's gonna be matching up on the when they go good on good you know probably matching up on the outside with a deontay johnson who's open when the ball is snapped uh with a george pickens who Never met a cornerback he likes uh, on earth. So uh, that this that's all going to be very very entertaining. I think for for us and the fine folks who attend these practices at at St. Vincent's. Um, and I'll just say one you know one other guy to to kind of watch. Um, you know I think Nick Herbig when when he gets his opportunities because we know that you know T.J. Watt uh, is what what do they call it in the uh, Steeler circles? It's going to be a country club camp for him yeah. a little bit. Um, you know he's. He's not going to be pushed to the limit in August um, with what's ahead of him in September, October, and November. Alex Highsmith, too, probably be wise to, to take some, some mileage off of him. So I think you're going to see a lot of Nick Herbig, uh, you know, repping an outside linebacker out of training camp. And he's going to be a guy who's very, very motivated to show uh, that he's able to stick at that position in the NFL and, and make a contribution as, as early as year one if he can. 
I, I think you put up a really good point too with Kenny Pickett's development being the big, big, big piece of all of this. Because if all those things happen and Kenny Pickett is the same as last year, that's a problem. And, and, and like they'll they'll still be be able to win maybe nine ish games, but they won't be able to take the big step that we're talking about potentially them making with the, with with the thing around them. But with the roster as we're, as we're talking about, if the offensive line is that much better, if the defense is that much better, if the secondary has, is reliable and they're not giving up some of the big plays that they did last year at some at some key points that like cost them some big some big games, I, I think it puts Kenny Pickett in a position where he still can take a step up, but he doesn't have to take a step up to be you know so a top ten NFL quarterback ne- next year. If he takes a step up and is just solidly moving the ball. The Steelers are averaging anywhere from like 25, 26 points a game or something like that. Nothing, nothing ridiculous. I think it puts I think it puts the Steelers offense in a position where they can be solid enough with a defense that if they are dominant, which I think they can be. Mike Tomlin has coached a top five defense in the NFL nine of his 16 years in the NFL. Um, I think that that could be the, 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 the V factor that kind of puts it all together. It's just like, hey. Kenny Pickett, you can win some games, just don't lose the, lose the team some games. And I think that you know he's been studying playbooks. I should know. I stole his playbook, um, but uh, he's he's been studying his playbook all all offseason long to get to this point. He's been putting in the overtime work. Everyone's been talking about that. I think if he does put it together with the roster that we're talking about as it's as it, as it's constructed, if the the top rookies hit in the way we expect them to hit, Brian, we could be talking about a team that maybe is more competitive to win the AFC North than people gave it credit for. And maybe this is a team that gets into the playoffs and people are looking at like, wait a minute, the steel, the Steelers are actually scary again. Yeah. I've never been concerned about that aspect of it with Pickett. I mean, the above the next stuff, the work ethic, that was never uh, anything that gave me pause with him. He's, he's just got to get it done physically and and can, you know, continue to show people that he can do that at the NFL level, I, I guess, you know, just as we sort of talk through this a little bit, maybe I would frame it as, you know, I think if, I think if it's a case of Kenny Pickett elevating the team around him more then it's, it's getting closer to what you're talking about there, Chris, you know, being a, a surprise team and the, and not just the division, but the AFC, if it's a case of the guys around Pickett, protecting him or bringing him up or covering for some of his shortcomings that's when I think you you look just look a lot like last year because people forget you know that's that run that they went on after the bye last year yeah there was a lot of good from Kenny Pickett but the rest of the team played damn good for most of those games the the O-line and the run game and especially that defense so um, that's that's just kind of the way I guess I, I think this this season ends up being better for the Steelers if it's uh you know, if it's Pickett making guys around him better instead of the uh, the opposite of that, if that makes sense. I hear you on that. We'll see if that does happen. OTAs, last week of OTAs coming up this next week here. We'll have all our people from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette on, on, on hand in attendance on the south side. We'll also, again... If you if you were looking for Penguins talk, we had that with Matt Vansill and Adam Bittner 
on the on the on the first thing, thing thing this morning check out our youtube page check out our podcast page it was definitely done and it and is there we'll have some pirates talk they get they won their 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 first and only series they won of may against the giants and now they've come back home to face the st louis cardinals and the oakland a's and the new york mets we'll get all that talk on monday here in the north shore drive podcast thanks again to brian for for doing a full show with me here thanks again to everyone who's checking us out here on the north shore drive podcast check out our post our post pittsburgh post gazette content at post gazette.com find us on your favorite podcasting app and on youtube we'll be back monday with another episode of the north shore drive podcast we'll see you then thanks for tuning in to another episode of the north shore drive podcast of the pittsburgh post gazette if you're watching this video on youtube please like the video and subscribe to our youtube channel for six months of digital access to post-gazette.com for just six dollars click the link down below in the description Llegaron los Propane Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specride para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios. 